Cecily, it's getting cold here. I don't know how the weather is there, but it's snowed a little bit here. And it's kind of that time of year where I like a little bit of light and candle in the house burning to make it feel cozy and warm and wintry and Christmassy and all those things. And I'm really excited because Pretty Little Light Candle Company is a great option for that. They reached out to advertise with us and they really take care in the ingredients they use. I'm picky about candles and I appreciate when somebody can make a candle that I feel comfortable using. So Mm -hmm. they use 100% soy harvested by the hardworking hands of farmers right here in the Midwest. She actually lives not far from me. So it's kind of cool. That is Um, really cool. Yeah, but their candles are so good. They, They use no phthalates. They're they're in their fragrances. They don't use parabens or other toxins. So they're clean burning. Um, the other thing that I love is they're a family owned company, like truly small batch family owned. You can see her kids working on the products with her, helping her package. And I appreciate that because I think it's good for kids to learn small business. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in ordering, you can go to pretty little light and use code boom clap to get 20% off. And then they also do wholesale and fundraisers if you need a fundraiser for your kids' school or sports events. It's a great idea. Welcome to the Boom Clap Podcast. Today we have a guest on with us. I'm super excited for you to hear from. Uh, mm-hmm. This This is an interview I didn't really know what to expect going into, but it just turned out to be very refreshing. And I think those of you, especially who are parents or have grandkids who you want to teach about news and how to, um, you know, interact with what's going on in the world, but also like interact with the world, like all those things, I think it's really going to help you um, come away with a way to do that well with your kids. So we're going to talk to Kelsey Reed today. She is God's World News Coach with World News Group. And so she works with a big media group, but her specific role is just God's World News Coach. So she helps parents really um, understand how to um, help their kids access the news and put those pieces together. Yeah. I think um, this is going to be a really valuable episode, even if you don't have kids in your life, with which most yeah. of us do. But I know so many adults who still don't know how to engage with the news. And so on this podcast, we talk a lot about like hard hitting topics that are going on in the news and in culture. But none of that matters if you don't know how to engage with the news and if you don't know how to teach your children to engage with the news. So I was so pleasantly surprised by this interview. Like I obviously knew it was going to be good because we reached out to them. We wanted to have them on the podcast, but this was an example of like when you think you know what you're getting and then you get a whole lot more. Yeah. Would you say? Good point. Good point. And I'm really glad you brought up the adult portion and not just targeting like people with kids because Mm -hmm. I even talked about that in the podcast episode, right? You know that it's interesting that like sometimes our kids understand better because it's fresh in their minds, you know, how they're supposed to be looking at something and as adults, we forget. So yes, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. When the, when the training's not as fresh, right? Yep. (laughs) All right, guys, we hope you enjoy this interview with Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey. We are so glad to have you on the podcast today. We were just chatting a little bit before we hopped on and figured out that we have like a little bit more to dive into today than we even had anticipated. So we're really excited about that. And can you just tell us first a little bit about your company that you work for and your mission? 
what, and, and then your role and what your goal is with that role. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and glad to be able to talk about World News Group today and the different varied elements that we have. So World News Group has been around um, really starting with our student products, which were created in 1981. So we've been around over 40 years now serving families with news from a Christian perspective. So we really want to be able to practice sound journalism for every layer of life, Um, from the youngest, three to six-year-olds, all the way through to adults who we provide um, a magazine called World Magazine that many of your listeners may have heard of since we've been around for a while. But one of the exciting things that we've been doing recently. We've got two new initiatives that one of them is World Watch, which many of you have heard of before. And the other one is this role that I get to to do. Um, I operate from our student branch, God's World News. Again, we're aiming at telling the news of God's world through that biblical perspective to be able to engage um, with them from a calm perspective what is happening in our world and and how does it bring glory? Or sometimes, you know, in the brokenness, how is this uh, recounting the things that are broken about the world and showing and naming them from that redemptive perspective? So my role is within that student branch. It's specifically aimed at equipping parents and teachers and any mentors of kids and students about how might we look at the news? Uh, what are the ways that we need to engage it with wisdom and discernment? So my role, news coach, it's not so much about coaching what goes into the news, about uh, so, so much as it is about coaching what we listen to or uh, read in the news. Um, and particularly the difficult and more challenging news of the day. So my focus group is really the parents of World Watch watchers. So mm-hmm. I am specifically aiming towards those parents of teens because they are starting to get those more challenging topics and, and need to wrestle with that growth in wisdom and growth in discernment of the world in which we live. So that's a little bit about us and about me in, in particular. Yeah. So you said the word discernment a couple times there, Mm -hmm. and that just leads me right into the next question, because how do you train these families to teach their kids on discernment when watching the news? Like, what are your tips for that? Well, I'm, I use that word partly because it's our key word for our teen. Um, Mm. It's an important word right now. It is. It is. Uh, So uh, one of the things that I do, I I draw from uh, a lot of different forms of, I'm an educator by training, so I I draw from a number of different resources when I think about this. Um, So what I want to do is I want to actually define the word discernment before we launch into what that looks like in application. We love definitions. Good. (laughs) Our listeners are used to getting definitions. Good. That is a classic practice, you know, Mm -hmm. born um, of a very distinct way of talking about it. Aristotle was great about saying, hey, these are common topics that we really need to operate with. And so we had 
definition. We have um, authorities, one of the last ones, relationship, comparison, uh, circumstance. So if we're just starting from the basics of what does it mean to, uh, to discern something? Well, it's grasping a hold of something. That's one of the definitions I like, that we're trying to grasp a hold in order to get an understanding or um, it increases to the point where you're, you're being able to weigh things, to discern what is right, to discern what is wrong, um, to really exercise wisdom. Now, I think that word is a great pivot point for recognizing that how we develop discernment, well, wisdom, it's a process that takes time. It's not something that we just have or can, you know, give as a silver bullet or magic uh, pill. It's something that's developed in us. Uh, we have to think through a number of different layers before we start getting to the place where we're operating with, uh, with wisdom. So let me think. One of the basic things that we need are those foundational concepts. We need to be able to develop a grammar um, of what is right, what is wrong. We, we call that maybe our literacy. Mm. Um, in our division in particular, we talk about the need for biblical literacy Mm-hmm. So that we can develop that mm-hmm. uh, that discernment of are we seeing truth? Are we seeing things that are that are good, that are true, that are beautiful in the world that we can name because we have that biblical foundation? Um, we talk also then about news literacy, and one of my favorite things to talk about when we are discussing how we put together a story is we use the the question uh, to develop a complete story. So news literacy uh, requires that we understand even how we craft a story. Um, We talk about the who, the what, when, where, why, and even how of a story to make sure that it is complete. Um, We do that in all of our stories at, at God's World News. And so then we can see as that complete story lines up then with our biblical narrative, our redemptive narrative, the capital S story. So discernment has to do with finding the rub between the biblical story, the place where truth is defined, where goodness is defined, and the rub between it and the story that we are listening to or reading in the world. Hmm. That's really interesting. I like how you said that part of news literacy is actually how you guys develop and craft a story, because I feel like that's what's really missing from a lot of mainstream media outlets Mm -hmm. is that um, the stories are kind of crafted to fit a narrative rather than the stories being what they are. And then we apply the biblical discernment, right? To figure Mm -hmm. out how we feel about that piece of news and how we engage with it and how it moves us to action or prayer or whatever the case may be. So I think that's what's so unique um, and what kind of drew us to wanting to have you guys on the podcast is Mm. um, it's a different way of giving the news, which I think is what our world really, really needs right now. Right. Unfortunately, it's the way that the news was originally conceived of. Sound journalistic practices are intended, they were originally devised as being (laughs) tell the facts. You know, what happened? Who was involved? You know, why is this going on is way, way, way down in the process before after you hit all of those other um, parts. So 
what you're saying about, you know, a, a story often being crafted by a greater narrative, um, mm-hmm. that is also a part of our discernment process and being able to allow the stories as told by the world, yeah. um, the secular world specifically, to come near enough to us mm-hmm. while our children are at home to help them to do that comparison work. What? Yes. How is what they're saying over here lining up with what we have talked about over here and what mm. we've read over here and having yeah. the parental involvement and that development of that wisdom and that critical reading of culture. So one thing that's interesting is the sound journalism portion. And then to me, the word bias comes in, mm. like we all have bias. And I think that that's one thing that is misunderstood largely in the general population right now is we all hold bias. The news that you provide, it's openly stated, you know, you're coming at things from a biblical Mm -hmm. Christian worldview. And I think the problem is when that bias is applied during the journalism process, Mm -hmm. not during the discernment process as you are applying it. So that's something I kind of want the listeners to pick up on is not that bias is wrong because Mm -hmm. everyone has has bias and holds bias based on your perspective and what your worldview is. But the problem with media um, applying bias is it's often applied on the front end prior to the story being told. And it's often disguised, right? Like it's a very popular thing for journalists to say that we are unbiased. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas that's not necessarily true. So it's great to have someone admit up front that what their bias is, and then they're applying it in the correct spot. And I love what you described as far as like letting the news of the world as told by secular culture come close enough to our kids while they're still under our roof. And then we have something like World Watch News, for example, Mm. to compare those pieces together. And what a great way to Mm -hmm. help solidify our kids' worldview and to help them see how things are actually reported differently, how they can see bias within a story. Mm-hmm. What a great teaching tool. It makes me excited uh, to try it with my own kids. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's interesting as you as you hit on that word bias, it's a word I've been wrestling with a lot mm-hmm. recently um, because I think that it has been misapplied. Um, it, it's something that we've almost been forced to use. And what I mean by we is those of us who are believers, um, mm. that we believe that there is truth with a capital T. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it has been forced on us to use that word bias because of the way that the posture of the world towards multiple different ideologies, yes. mm-hmm. you know, a pluralistic society requires us to use the term bias that really isn't fitting. Right. It's truth. That's a right. very good point. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so very that's just another great word to define with your kids. You know, as we're mm-hmm. looking at the news, if we're talking about truth as something that is, there is a universal truth out there. Mm-hmm. It's not a relative. It's not something that is subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much of this uh, effort out there to, you know, speak your own truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We believe that there is truth with a capital T, that any truth that is out there in the world is out there because it's God's truth, that He's revealed Himself in His world, that we might know Him, that others who do not yet know Him would come to know Him. So mm-hmm. He is the author of all things that are true. And that's not a place of bias. That's a place of yeah. confidence and hope. Yeah. yeah. So, so good. It, yeah. I just want to arm our children well with that knowledge and with um, 
the ability to stand in that place comforted by that knowledge, but even able to be comfort to others, Mm -hmm. um, to express that hope. And hopefully because they are also sure on their foundation, they can also be tender and gentle to those Mm -hmm. out in the world who are still dealing with a lot of confusion over what is truth. Yeah, really good. So I'm going to skip down because I think this really fits here. How do we help our kids see what's going on in the world while not, you know, like show them the news, show them the things going on in the world, but also not, um, I think a lot of parents want to keep their kids innocent, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we're doing, we can, we can maintain that innocence. And sometimes we're doing them a disservice by not allowing them to see some of the things going in the world. And then just like one day shoving them out into it, you know, we need to Mm -hmm. take that on while they're in our homes. Mm -hmm. And so can you speak to that a little bit? Well, first, I mean, just a metaphor that's going to make sense. You know, we hopefully are teaching our children how to eat healthily mm-hmm. before they leave the home, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, but what that means also is that they have to have a certain amount of experience of what it means to eat some sugar. And mm-hmm. even some parents, maybe ill-advisedly, but I know that I'm one who's practiced this, you know, letting your children get way too much sugar or way too much mm-hmm. TV and just be like, yuck, I don't like the way that that makes me mm-hmm. feel. Now, that's that metaphor breaks down. I'm not sure that we want to completely saturate our children in the stories of the world or the way that the world even communicates the news, but we want them to develop some understanding of what is out there by having some experience of that. How, how does that work in terms of, um, of story? Um, one of my great mentors from school, his name is Jerem Bars, and he is one of the most tender men who is very pro-child education. He's, he, he taught at a seminary level, but he was for what it meant for us to s- disciple our children. And he said, if your children are old enough to ask you a question, they are old enough for you to give them a developmentally appropriate response. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, if they're going to ask you why, please don't think that that is a, is a throwaway empty question. Your children are actually asking you why, not just to contend with you. So even a three-year-old who asks why needs to have a, a good response from you at a, a level that's good for a three-year-old. But another wonderfully wise um, example that we often refer to in Christian circles. It comes from Corrie ten Boom and and her father, who it, it has been said that when she was asking him questions about sexuality, he said, Corey, can you lift down this luggage, this piece of luggage that's mm-hmm. up here on the shelf? And she couldn't do it. And he said, you know, for a time, you have to let me carry this for you. And when it is appropriate, I'm. you need to trust my wisdom to be able to give you that experience. Mm. He was protecting her childhood. He was allowing her to be a girl for a time and not have to have an adult's burden. Mm. So this is where if we are teaching our children discernment, we're, actually, we're having to operate with it as well. We need to think about what is wise for the sake of our children. Now, the beauty of this is that the Lord has so so much grace, such abundant grace for our process. And I, I need to 
address that to our hearts, even while we talk about the burdens that we carry as adults, we need to think about the fact that the Father supplies for us even when we are failing to operate with that discernment well for our children. And that when we fail and go to them and repent, we're doing huge work for them. Modeling something of grace, something of the Father, of His provision, of His wisdom. Um, modeling something of the confidence that we know He's got us, even if we have failed, which we always do. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it goes hand in hand with this question of, you know, how do we engage our children well and allow them to be children? allow them to have experiences of the world, allow them to know the things that are broken. Well, partly that's also letting them know the brokenness of us and helping them to see us running to the Father for our supply so that then when they're experiencing the brokenness, they're running to Him for their supply. Mm -hmm. So just vital as we engage His world. That's great. I love the Corey Ten Boom example. Yes. We had um, read The Hiding Place last year as a family. Wonderful. And then I have her other book where she does tell that story. And yes. it, it's really such a good visual, you know, mm. really of how how that all works. So, mm -hmm. so um, another kind of changing directions a little bit. Many people tend to think of media companies kind of as if they're philanthropists. Mm -hmm. Like they're just like, oh, they're just giving me the news because they want me to be informed. Um, <laughs> you know, providing a service for the greater good type of thought process. But the media is a business and its job is to sell the story. So mm -hmm. um, how can people kind of reconcile this truth and still benefit from accessing media services to stay informed? Sure. So here I'm going to do the thing again where I have to define some terms. It, yep. I'm going to bore everybody with all this. No, but no, no. Media, we think of media and we often think of it as news media, but I think it's really important to recognize that media is, is very broad in its application. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the Bible is a form of media. But there are wonderful tools that I, I love to explore with um, just my readership that have to do with, first of all, identifying that media is anything that's produced that we can see, that we can read, that we can just experience that's telling a story. Um, it might be art. It might be a movie. It might be commercials. Uh, media is not just limited to what we see in the news. Mm -hmm. And so then in terms of what it looks like to define or to discern what we're seeing in news media, sometimes it's good to take a step back and recognize that the same tools that we use for discerning what's going on in a news story, we use that with every story. We're doing critical reading, critical thinking. We're going to be asking questions of whatever media comes our way. And sometimes that's easiest to do with the children's book that might even be at a, a level or two younger than the student that you're engaging with or than the child that you're engaging with. So pulling out, you know, the room on the broom with, you know, your 12-year-old instead of just your seven-year-old and being able to ask those questions that are low-hanging <clears throat> fruit to help them, you know, what is this story about? You know, what are the attitudes of the character to one another? What are they trying to convey? And how do they do that in the illustrations that are included? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and having a chance to then also maybe compare it to some other um, good little children's lit book 
before you go into the heavier duty stuff of maybe a, a movie that's even rated, um, you know, more challenging for the the young people in front of you, or like I said, the the news media that's across from you. I think we think about um, art maybe even sometimes more easily than we do about the commercials that we're watching because we sit and we look at art with a lower sense of anxiety and go, oh, wow, that red that has been included really makes me feel this way. Or those impressionistic lines, I, I get more of an emotional read from this piece than I do from a piece that is focused on realism. Every single media that we engage equips us for engaging other media with discernment. I use that word all the time, but what we're trying to do is think critically, develop greater understanding of what's coming in front of us by operating with those critical reading and observation analysis of what's in front of us. So then we can apply it. Yeah. That's really good. That's something that like I've talked to my kids about just as the whole 2020, 2021 unfolded, you know, just watching how mm -hmm. things were portrayed in the media. Um, and my kids are 11 and eight and they already have a pretty good sense of what's going on and what yes. someone wants them to think based on what they hear. And I find right. that interesting that a lot of adults don't have that yet. And mm. I, I think specifically with, um, news being reported, you know, a lot of people look at marketing, you know, from a stand like, like they'll watch a commercial and they'll understand they're being marketed to, mm -hmm, but then mm -hmm. they will not apply that same critical eye to anything else in the media. They'll just kind of be like, oh, this is here to help me instead of um, understand that there is some underlying tone and mm -hmm. uh, anticipated feeling right. coming, you know, that they're wanting to come from you. And what did we do in lit class? Like when we were in an English literature class, what did we do? We asked a bunch of questions of the text. Yeah. That wonderful tool of critical thinking, asking a question. Um, yes, maybe we've gotten too busy. Maybe we need mm -hmm. to slow down a little bit in order to ask those questions again that mm -hmm. became, I think they were just natural to us when, at least they were to me when I was a kid. I'm asking mm -hmm. a question about everything I'm seeing and experiencing. But maybe we adults need to just slow down a little bit and ask those questions again and recognize that that's not a display of ignorance when we're asking a question. That's, mm -hmm. in fact, some of the height of intelligent thought process is to interrogate what's in front of me, um, not just take it for what it is, not just absorb it, but to really, um, you know, wrestle with it. So yeah. when we ask a question and then do so intentionally, <clears throat> engage our children with question asking as well, we're reinforcing that great instinct for our children and, and we're making sure we're doing it again too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's a good point. The slow down part, because I think that's the main driver in the lack of asking questions really mm -hmm. is just that we kind of live. We talk about this almost every podcast, really the soundbite culture we live in mm -hmm. where everything's quick right in front of you. You want to take it up and you want to get to the next story because there's something mm -hmm. else like in your face that you have to know, you must know, you mm -hmm. know, and we don't ever sit down and spend the time to really learn about one topic or one thing in front of us. And um, that brings me to the next question, really, 
Uh, do you have advice for parents to teach kids to sift the facts out from opinion? Because when I was a kid anyway, um, I'm almost 40. And when I was a kid, I remember my parents turning on the nightly news Mm -hmm. and it was one hour and they had one hour to get everything in they wanted to say. But now we have these 24 hour news cycles where it's literally news all day and you can turn it on at 8 a.m. and you can have it on at 9 p.m. and be hearing about the exact same story with a different spin, with a different right. person's take, or the same spin, just another person telling you their opinion. Yeah, no and break. So <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like, how do we teach them to sift out the facts from opinion one? And then how do we teach them to stay informed without getting sucked down this quote, black hole of being constantly in the news? Right, right. Well, that is a battle. I mean, I, I mentioned to you guys um, early on that I have three daughters. My my children are 18, 16, and 7. And so I am covering as many de- uh, developmental <laughs> categories as I possibly can. And the way that, you know, I engage with my 18-year-old who has a phone is obviously very different than my 7-year-old who is hankering after screen time as much as she can, but it doesn't have one of her own. And it's it's a it's a battle to do this thing that I'm I'm about to suggest that we all need to be trying to do. And part of that is just just putting the screens down. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that need just a minute ago to slow the pace down. Um, in order to do that, we have to create some space. Yeah. Create some space from the voices that are ongoing. Um, look at one another instead of at a screen. Um, it, there's a lot of information out there. And we get that dopamine hit for being able to have a quick mm-hmm. uh, just hit of information, hit of entertainment. And it's it's difficult to extract ourselves from that. But the first thing is to do so so we can build some space for reflection. One of the things that you're describing about the fact that the news cycle was limited to one hour and then it was <laughs> off. You know, our brains were able to be quiet and even wrestle mm-hmm. with some of those things without more inundation. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like to create space in your home that is quiet or that is face-to-face space where you're wrestling with the material that you've already absorbed, working the content you've already gotten instead of getting more content? Well, then how do we work that content? Again, it's the question asking. We keep referring to news media, and I'm going to go back to, again, those questions that we use to, to do a complete story. Sometimes we need to see what the facts are in a story by asking the same questions that we use to create it. What was happening here? Who was involved? Mm-hmm. How did this happen? You know, even what's the the history behind it? What is the extra context for mm-hmm. this story? And doing um, diligent research, even finding those sources that tell merely the the answers to those main questions. Our our founder Joe Bell's uh, he did a piece recently on our the world and everything in it podcast where he referred to the five W's and an H of journalism. So it's the what, when, where, why, and how of storytelling. I might have missed one. Who, who, the who, the who, (laughs) which is seriously one of the most important ones because even when there is a who in the background, um, if you don't see a who in the story, 
you ask that question of who, and it helps reveal who might be in the background of this story. And if it's something that's seeking the glory of maybe a certain political party or trying to further it or some um, ideological, like maybe the who of the story is actually Karl Marx. And we didn't know until we started asking, wait a minute, whose thoughts are these anyway? Mm -hmm. Right? That's so a really it's, good point. yeah, those, those questions, those questions make room to work the content you've already gotten by asking those questions. So that's excellent. That's really tangible for our listeners to take and utilize with their children. So Great. very good. Um, so from your perspective, what's the most valuable thing a parent can teach their kid as mm-hmm. far as their responsibility to be informed and how they interact and act in our world as we head into the future. Sure. Now, you have to to know, I'm a seminary trained educator. So I am always, I'm in love with the Lord's word. And and seminary really just inflamed that love further because Mm -hmm. I got a chance to see ins and outs of the story that just having a chance to study deeply, I got more of it. To the point where I cannot help but answer every time, what our children need most is the father, and he can be seen. His son, his son's work, the gift of the Holy Spirit, all of that can be seen in the rich treasure of Scripture. It's relevant. It's both timeless and timely. And so my answer to you about what it means to be informed is first, we need to inform our children's hearts and minds with the word, helping them to know the one whose world this is, mm-hmm. because everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. Yes. When, we, when we know that the Father's in control and we know that his purposes are going to stand, like we say in World Watch, and no matter what the news, it's the Lord's purposes that are going mm-hmm. to stand. And so we need to know that Father. We need, our, our children need to know that Father. And so in terms of being informed, first and foremost, they need to be informed with the gospel. They need to be informed with hope. They need to have the tools that allow them to begin to access the word, but their hunger will develop in time, even as the things that are going on in the world chase them back to the Father in desperation for good news that is there. Um, In terms of also staying informed, I love our products. I, and this is not about marketing. I'm I'm thrilled to be involved in a group that just esteems truth highly, mm-hmm. where everyone I work with has a relationship with the Lord, that they desire to speak truth, beauty, goodness. There are places where we can be informed in a refreshing way. Mm-hmm. in a way that names the brokenness as brokenness, but that that is not the final word. So when your children are going out into the world, it's so great to be able to supply them with the, you know, just I'm thinking of the backpack that they need when they go to school, the things that they need to be sustained throughout the day. They need a backpack when they go out into the world. So what are you putting in their backpack? That's good. <laughs> That's really, really good. good. Yeah. There's a couple things that I was thinking of as you were talking about it. Like, first of all, how you put that priority on the word and making sure that our kids know the word. Right now we're reading through Daniel with our kids. Mm. And I really think Daniel himself is a really good example of when you know the father, 
no matter what you come up against, you know, you just stand in that truth. Like I'm just so amazed by the story of Daniel because he just stands in confidence in the midst of Babylon. Right. And that's really Mm. what we desire for all of our kids. And that only comes from knowing the father. Um, And then you also said, name the brokenness as brokenness, but no, that's not the final word. Mm -hmm. That's, that's such a good quotable quote, first of all. Um, But yeah, there are places we can go like world watch where we can get informed in a way that doesn't drain us and make us feel like everything is hopeless because it can direct us back to whose world it is. So Mm. really appreciate that. So glad to be able to talk about these things. They are really a joy. Mm. It's awesome. We appreciate it. Is there anything else that you want to ask Cecily or anything else that you want to say, Kelsey? Anything you think that we didn't ask you that we should have? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'd love to, if you have any other questions, I'd love to, to, to answer them. But I have one thing that maybe is, it's helpful for me as I think about mm-hmm. this. Um, one of the other wonderful tools that I was given in seminary was this recognition that all of Scripture speaks something of the work or the person of Christ or our need of it. The beauty is that since this is God's world, His general revelation and not just His special revelation operates in the same way. Mm-hmm. Everything in this world reveals something of the person or work of Christ or man's need of it. And so I think I'd want to say, don't be afraid of the world because you're going out into it with the one who owns it yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And that's he really is good. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's awesome. That's one thing I love that we've had on the podcast recently with our guests is just a lot of the same tone of we don't need to be anxious about mm. the world. We can, and that's one thing, like we love to inform our listeners mm-hmm. about things happening in the world and the culture, everything going on in culture, but we don't want our listeners to be anxious or live with this, you know, fear of what's happening around them because we don't have to. That's not how we're called to live. So right. very much appreciate that perspective. Well, I'm glad to be able to be here and to wrestle with these things together, learn together. That's what we're about. Uh, coming alongside one another, we are co-learners, mm. co-laborers. Yep. <laughs> so glad to be able to do it with you. Should we have you... Um, Tell us the best places people can find. Yeah, yeah let's you do that. And yeah, absolutely. So, my work as news coach can be found at our main uh, webpage called gwnews.com/newscoach. And coming up, we're actually developing a podcast that is specifically for these things um, and and a desire to come alongside parents, educators, mentors of kids and teens. And that podcast is going to be called Concurrently, the News Coach Podcast. So that's coming up in January, and we're glad to be able to engage in that way as well. Our other material, we'd love for you guys to check out the magazines that we have written that are leveled for three to six-year-olds, that's God's Big World. For seven to 10-year-olds, that's called World Kids. And for 11 to 14-year-olds, which is called World Teen. And we are in development of a new website where those materials are being made more and more beautiful and accessible with interactive work. But we also have that lovely, tangible 
periodical that comes out. And so if you are interested in seeing more about that, um, it's great to go to, again, that main website so that you can check out how to subscribe if it's something that you want in your life. So there you go. That's cool. There's something special about having those tangible, like physical items. Yes. Um, That's something that kids of today don't really get to experience a whole lot when it comes to um, news or mail or anything. So that's awesome. I'm going to check that out for sure. Yes. And, you know, from an educator's standpoint, having the written or the printed word, it's so much better for that literacy process. So Mm -hmm. just putting another little plug in for the the hard copy material. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much, Kelsey. We really appreciate um, your time and also the conversation that you brought today. Glad to be with you guys today. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode. One thing we always appreciate from you is when you do enjoy an episode, the time you take to leave us a review. So we definitely want to say thank you for that. This review was left by Deb. She says, love this podcast. Enjoy listening to both Rita and Cecily. It's based on biblical truth and the reality of the world we live in. It does what the, quote, church is called to do, and that is to speak God's truth in the midst of corruption and sin. Thank you both to your commitment and voice. That means a lot to us. We we appreciate That's that, Deb. And we appreciate every one of you that leaves a review for us and just listens to our podcast, shares it. Um, it really means a lot. And the encouragement you send along our way, it just, it really propels us further. So if you haven't yet, please take time to leave a review. We always, always, like I said, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to hit subscribe either. Um, I think that's such a key step with podcasts is if you just listen to us once and then kind of forget about us. But if you hit subscribe, we'll show up. (laughs) We'll show up again. Um, But as a little side note, how well did that review actually fit with the episode we just talked about? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That worked out really well. Yeah. All right, guys, if you want to find us outside the podcast, you can check out the boomclapcommunity.com. It's a place where we get to get to know you a little bit more with our monthly meetings, occasional book discussions. So check that out if that interests you. You can also find me on Instagram at cecily.dickey or on my website, thegracetogrow.com. And you can find me, Rita, at ritarogersco.com or ritarogersco on Instagram. Thanks for listening.